some very powerful readings this Sunday. I imagined it as like a boxing match. This would be like a quick one-two punch and then just a complete knockout by Jesus. That's amazing, the authority with which he speaks in our gospel. But before we get there, we'll back up to the, the book of Numbers, part of the Pentateuch, the, the Old Testament. There's this powerful and, and dynamic encounter between Moses, the great prophets, and the 70 elders, an encounter that took place roughly 4,000 years ago. This is from that reading. The Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to Moses. Taking some of the spirit that was on Moses, the Lord bestowed it on the 70 elders. And as the spirit came to rest on them, they prophesied. So my kind of analysis of this, I think there's three major motions. The first is that the Lord came down and spoke. He came down to us and spoke. The second is that he took some spirit and then he gave it, bestowed it upon us. And then that spirit, the third step, was actuated. It it was made active, made real, and they prophesied. I mean, even guys that, that weren't there, there was two missing, right? Even the spirit came to rest on them, and they started prophesying which kind of freaked Moses' aide, Joshua, out. And Joshua went to Moses like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Shouldn't we be like restricting these guys? Like they weren't there. Like should they be doing this? How does Moses respond? What did he teach? He says, are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit upon all of them. So we have that encounter 4,000 years ago. Fast forward about 2,000 years, we have our gospel. And there's an extraordinarily similar encounter between Jesus, who is the fulfillment of the prophets, the fulfillment of Moses, and his aides, not Joshua, but, but now the apostles themselves. So one of the apostles goes up to Jesus and he says, Teacher, says John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. So we could assume Jesus, like Moses, responds in a very similar way, but being God and all, uh, he seems to always take it one step further. So he responds by saying, do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. You could be like, nod your head up and down, like, all right, that resonates. You know, that's kind of the same cloth. But then, just on a dime, it gets real really quick, and Jesus continues. He says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. So about another person, a little one, you cause them to sin and put a millstone around your neck. And then after the other people, he, he gets a little more personal even. He says, and if you cause yourself to sin, cut off your hand. Cut off your foot. If your eye causes you to sin, right, pluck it out. Otherwise, it would be better to just go into Gehenna, which was an ancient garbage dump outside the city walls of Jerusalem that was just perpetually burning, the smell of sulfur. It would be better for that to happen. So all this going on, and it's kind of curious, myself personally, how much uh, the average millstone weighs. Everyone think of your, your best guess in your head right now, okay? It's roughly 3,300 pounds, which is about 1.65 tons. But that's, that's just an average one, okay? Uh, Jesus says here it would be better for him if a great millstone 
So maybe we could round up to like 2,000 pounds, right? Is that 4,000, which is roughly two tons. Put that around your neck, he says, and go take a swim in the deep end. I don't really know if you, you would sink if you did that. I actually think uh, before anything else, your head would probably be dispatched. And your life uh, would be over before the beginning of it ending would even have the ability to begin. That's how serious uh, Jesus is talking here. Put a two-ton stone around your neck. Okay, and then right after that, if that wasn't jaw-dropping enough for the apostles to hear, there's a little cherry on top. He gives that series of you know, cutting and plucking actions if you cause yourself to sin. It's meant to be a little scandalous, to, to jolt us awake uh, to the reality that by our baptisms, uh, we both have incredible power power to prophesy, power to cast out demons by the simple name of Jesus. We have incredible power, yet with power also comes, as we all know, great responsibility, incredible responsibility. There's a beautiful prayer that's, that's prayed at every baptism in the Catholic Church. It was prayed at, at yours and mine. It's right after the moment of baptism, after your, the sin is, is forgiven, welcomed into the body of Christ, and the priest takes the oil of chrism. It smells amazing. It's, it's in this little box right there. And it, the priest puts it on the crown of the child or adult's head, anointing them with Jesus. And this is what is said. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, has freed you from sin, given you a new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, and welcomed you into his holy people. He now anoints you with the chrism of salvation. As Christ was anointed priest, prophet, and king, so, you live all, so may you live always as a member of his body, sharing everlasting life. We as Catholics, we take Jesus at his words and the words that the church say, right? When he says it's his flesh, the Eucharist, we believe it's his flesh, the Eucharist, right? And similarly, when the church, the priest proclaims that you are anointed priest, prophet, and king, and you share in that ministry with Jesus, you truly do. Do we believe that? That just like Moses, the Lord descended in a cloud and he spoke to us the day of our baptism. He speaks to us every day. That second step, right? He bestows his spirit upon us right? in every sacrament. Confirmation of the Eucharist, most powerfully baptism. But then the third one, it needs to be actuated. Right? It has to be acted upon and lived that we may be a priest and a prophet and a king by the mere fact that we are a member of his body. We're called to offer sacrifice. It's not just the priest up here offering sacrifice on Sunday. It's, it's the priest, the head of the body, with the body, right? communicating. That's what the whole purpose of bringing the gifts up on Sunday is supposed to represent for us, that we're bringing everything to the altar, all that we are, the burdens we carry, the joys we proclaim to the Lord. We place it there. We're called to proclaim the good news in season and, and out of season, right? to be a prophet. We're called to call out, root out, and abandon sin in our own lives and in the lives of others, to cast out demons. You have authority over evil by the mere fact that you belong to Jesus, who conquered evil. We are called to rule and act in our Christian dignity as chosen, as beloved sons and daughters of God. That is an incredible power in that. 
an incredible responsibility. So brothers and sisters, we ask ourselves this weekend, am I doing that? Am I living up to that great call? The short answer for all of us is, is no, none of us are, right? Uh, but that should never ever cause us uh, to despair. Rather, it should cause us to inflame. Right? It should cause encouragement to ask the Lord to transform our lives, to root out that sin so that we may become more and more like him, so that we become Jesus, that those we meet may meet him. Now, just a closing, I'd like to repraise Psalm 19, which was beautifully sung today. Just invite us to reflect upon it. It's a very powerful psalm, but which has so much truth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. Though your servant is careful of them, very diligent in keeping them, yet who can detect failings? Cleanse me from my unknown faults. From want and sin especially, restrain your servant. Let it not rule over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent in your sight.